Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm talking all about ladies and running with our very own running coach here at In A Fight, Steph. Two and a half years ago, Steph joined the company, and one thing that she came to the table with was creating a safe space for ladies to be and to run. As she tells us in the show, sometimes the ladies come to her ladies run club sessions just for a chat because that's what they need at that particular moment. She's also had some ladies that joined ladies run club, literally running a little bit, walking a little bit, who are now traveling around the world and running distances far bigger than they probably ever thought that they would. Creating some community, creating connection and creating a safe space through a sport like running is something quite special, and Steph's done a really good job at it. We kick off the show talking about some interesting stats within running, and then she gives us all the good evidence as to how this can positively impact many females. This is episode 790 of the Inner Fight podcast, Ladies That Run with Steph.Running. The average marathon has 35% of the field females. Why, Steph? Why? That's a big question. <laughs> Why do you I think? Don't know. That's an interesting stat to kick it off with, right? It is. I have, I think, a few different reasons as to why I think uh, that happens. Yeah. I think training for a marathon is quite a big distance to train for yeah and it is a commitment from you in terms of the training process right so i don't know like i think some females think that they don't have the time i think <laughs> and that's for males too yeah i think if you're if you're working full time if you have kids and a lot of responsibilities and things like that i think a lot of females put other people before themselves in that sense so if they have children the children are the priority they don't necessarily think about their own I actually think Training. that's a super high number. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what was the other point? So the time is your first excuse. <laughs> or point. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I think I think a lot of females potentially think they don't have the ability to run a marathon. It yeah. is obviously 42.2K, yeah. which is a long way, but it is doable. They potentially have a bad perception of running from childhood like yeah. as cross-country days when they hated it in PE yeah. or they maybe go out for like an easy 5k now and they can't see how that would progress over yeah. 12 16 weeks into longer duration runs it's, it's an interesting point because this conversation if you've if you've listened to the show before and when Steph and I have spoken about the difference of male and females in sport you'll know what you're in for for the next 40 minutes it's a very healthy debate and trying to answer some questions however I think that, and we started with the marathon for a reason. I think for the marathon distance in running, it's quite ego-driven by guys to say, I'm going to run a marathon. Whereas I think girls are a lot more intelligent <laughs> in their picking where they'll go, hang on a minute. No, I'll run 5K, I'll run 10K, I'll run yeah, they progress through it. They yeah. progress through it. Whereas, I mean, that's exactly kind of what I did when I ran my first marathon. I was like, yeah. I'll run a marathon. And I'd run a half marathon, but I didn't have a good half marathon time. 
Whereas I was just like, I'll run a marathon and I'll run sub four. So I think some of it is what, I think it's a good figure. I think 35% of a field to be females, I think is super high, but I think ladies are a little bit smarter than men and less ego driven. And therefore they, a lot of men will start with the marathon. I don't know if that actually yeah, and I suppose Well, I suppose like, what you're also saying is potentially a lot more men will just jump into a marathon mm. and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I and think females never, don't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work out great. <laughs> yeah, but less females will yeah. do that. But there's definitely, from conversations I've had with a lot of female clients, there's definitely a block when it comes to marathons. Yeah. So they'll train for a half or a 10 and then all of a sudden I say the word marathon and they're like, oh no, 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 I couldn't possibly. Really? So it's like they, they don't see themselves as... Yeah, that as able advanced, to do it. Yeah. Whereas if you take the average time that it takes a male versus a female to run a marathon, the difference is only 15 minutes. Yeah, it's actually not. <laughs> yeah, because the females who are doing it are trained and <laughs> trained, not just yeah, going in. Actually, so they're setting themselves up. Yeah. But that's, that's also an interesting stat that the average time it takes for a man to run a marathon is four hours 30 and for a female is four hours 45. Yeah. So percentage wise over that time, that's like less than there's about five percent yeah. difference in our ability to perform and therefore running marathons is or running is equally for males as it is for females absolutely another interesting point i've seen that stat before to be like your average time so to be better than average 430 but for a lot of males, mainly, females are less ego-driven on this, but for a lot of males, we see them coming in immediately, as I said I did when I ran my first marathon, to run a sub four hours, which is quite arrogant, really, because the average is 4.30 and we come in. Why is, my question in a long-winded way is, why is four hours a benchmark in marathon running, do you think? I actually had a conversation with a client about this at the weekend during yeah. our training camp because she has a sub four goal. But when she first came to me for training, she had no idea where her marathon time was. Right. So as we progressed through the training, she suddenly realized where her ability was and she was like, oh, I think I can go sub four, yeah. but just not right now, maybe in two or three marathons time. Right. And I think, I don't know why it's even a thing, but it's just, it's, it's I don't know, it's just clocking over yeah. under that. It's interesting based on and the data, right? Yeah. I'm so, not sure. yeah, I, I don't have an exact reason why you'd want a 359, why that feels so much better than yeah. a 401. It's a, it's, bit, the, it's a bit cumbersome as well because if it was, obviously, if it's four and it was 40K, it's quite easy maths. Yes. But because we're talking about 42.195K for the marathon, to get it into four, the actual K splits are a little bit different and they become even more difficult to calculate as you go through the marathon to go back to where you need to be if you've dropped off your pace, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and also bearing in mind, a lot of marathon courses come in technically slightly over, right? Because you don't run the the... Most marathon courses are obviously set exactly, yeah. but that's based on you being almost at the front, an elite runner running yeah. really good course. Yeah. But if you're if you're pushed left to right and you're running like wide bends, grabbing your water, things like that, you do clock up more. So you need a buffer. So I think to run a sub four, it's a five forty kilometer yeah, pace. Exactly. So you actually need to be slightly under that to give yourself to make that it work. buffer. Yeah. Let's jump away from the marathon and let's go back to what we were saying, which is the point at which a lot of ladies 
actually start running. And you came up with quite an interesting point there earlier where I think your first point was that maybe ladies are not running or maybe that stat's only at 35% and not at 50%. Maybe it's higher actually in a 5K race or a 10K race. But you said one thing that's quite interesting that people perhaps have had quite a poor experience with running Mm. in their childhood. Talk to us a little bit about that. So I think a lot of people, and no matter what sport you were in, running was potentially seen as a negative and a punishment. So even if you were playing that ball or rounders and you did something wrong, I think I have memories of the PE teacher being like, okay, go run a lap, like get out of here. That was, you were being told off. Um, And my tennis coach did it as well. Like if we if we lost a certain game or whatever in practice, you had to go and do a campus lap. So (laughs) it was really annoying if you didn't have your running shoes because it was like three or 4K in tennis shoes. shoes. Um, So yeah, but, and I think through uh, a lot of people's teenage years, they either were thrown into cross country. Like we used to have cross country, I think every month. And it was the PE teacher would take it and it was rain or shine, you're out there. And if you loved it, you loved it. Yeah. If you did not like running, that was horrific. Like you were out there in a pair of shorts and a skimpy little, little top freezing, freezing cold, yeah. running through mud and then straight away you've got to go to maths. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> so Horrendous. yeah, so a lot it's of, not a great experience if you hated It's interesting. Running. I wonder if they still punish. I mean, it was, it, it's so true what you said. Like if you're not, if you weren't paying attention in whatever it was, PE, and they were trying to teach you basketball or mm. do some gymnastic stuff or forward rolls or whatever it was. If you were misbehaving in school, mm. running was was made to be like, that's your punishment. Yeah. You'll just go and run. And you wouldn't, you'd probably just walk, but you're outside of the other kids. Yeah. So do you, do you think that's where a lot of people, like people that have a negative relationship with running, do you think that's where it's bred? Potentially, yeah. yeah. And a lot of my friends at like school that. never ran like yeah. the friendship group I was in were not sporty at all yeah. so I was the <laughs> I was the fool yeah. going out and running and playing netball and playing tennis and everything yeah but then yeah they would they would be the ones who would come with all the excuses if it was raining and PE and everything so yeah. they were always trying to get out of it and from that group of friends now I think one of them recently in the last six months started running really? and everyone else is like nah still no it's interesting because it probably the more I think about it it's applicable for girls and for boys as well. Cause I spent yeah. most of my time in the PE class outside running. Yeah. Cause I couldn't concentrate and Always I was disruptive. And, but I saw it as a privilege because they were, they were sat there and they were sort of getting taught and they weren't even getting tired. And I was able to go and run and get fitter and, and better. Yeah. And it depends like what you, what you saw is yeah, and what, what you enjoyed. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I would, I would run cross country every Tuesday and Thursday with my PE teacher at the time, because she loved cross country. She was a runner. Yeah. So she would take, and I mean, looking back, it's probably super illegal now, but like there was like (laughs) four of us in the school who really enjoyed running. And she used to, on a Tuesday and Thursday, take us from school in her car to her running club. Wow. So we would go and do that. Yeah. But we were four people and like out of the entire school. Yeah. So, but yeah. And when she left, we stopped going because we couldn't get there. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy the amount of, and I don't think this is just on on females, it's probably on on males as well, but a lot of females from sort of that primary school to through maybe high school, university, like the drop-off rates, Mm. and as I say, I'm not sure it's, it's as high for males, but it's probably... It pro- it's probably getting higher than it mm. was. The reason I say that is I think teen sports with males, like 
you just always played a team sport, so you always stayed involved in a sport. Whereas girls, I don't know, what did they do? The ones it's different. Yeah. It's definitely different, and there is a higher percentage of girls who drop out of sport than guys, yeah. like boys, in those teenage years. I think fourteen to sixteen is the classic drop-off age in yeah. any sport. And I remember being a teenager and thinking all the boys could just go and play football. That was this. And it was, that's what I mean. But like they would go and they would just go to the park. It didn't have to be organized. It was just like, we'll be here at six and everyone play and you make it up. Whereas there's literally no girls equivalent. You wouldn't go and just play netball. netball. Why not? Well, first of all, you need actual equipment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's not the same. And, yeah, and I was always pretty jealous that boys could just do that because th- there is no girl equivalent. So all of the sport I did was very much pulled away from my friendship groups. Like yeah. playing tennis is obviously a single sport as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's and so I think as boys have that as their social time, whereas yeah. girls' social time became going into town, going to yeah. the shops, things like that, which yeah. I personally found super boring. So yeah. I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> but then I also think during that time, I think the female body changes quite a lot. So girls Mm. obviously get their period and things like that. And then they're all of a sudden like, they don't want to get changed for PE. They don't want to do these things and get sweaty and gross. They want to, they want to feel like pretty and nice. And it's very different. Do you think that still is the same now? I mean, we age the same guys and girls go through puberty at at a similar time. Like that hasn't really changed. I, I don't know. Are people having like, it's, it's a really good point. Like, you know, we'd just go and kick a rugby ball around or kick a football around yeah. on a on an afternoon or yeah, that, that anywhere. off school, like yeah. anywhere or anything. But you'd never see the girls, like, A, get involved because we probably wouldn't let them. Mm-hmm. But B, they wouldn't, like, just start playing netball or just start playing hockey. Yeah. I think that's still... It depends, like there are some girls who obviously will go and make a little friendship group and they'll go for a run together or whatever yeah, because yeah. they're into it. But I think Never it's still, in my school. it's still very, very <laughs> yeah, like f- way fewer numbers than guys who will. So it's that. hardly surprising then that we fast forward like 20 years or even 15 years. And we see a lot of females. Well, it, it's surprising that we, based on that, topic it's surprising that we see what we open with 35 percent of marathon fields being females but it's hardly surprising that a lot of females the 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 speed at which males run versus females and the participation of females in running is sort of drowned out by males males are faster mm. and that's a whole other mm. a whole other topic but they're women are getting faster but the participation participation rates are seriously down because of how we're maybe how we're educating them and it's not i don't know if it's changing yeah well i think in races they are definitely down yeah in life potentially not i think as people grow up and they realize that actually you don't need to be necessarily super competitive with the sport you play or do like for example if you are just either going for an easy run on a on a saturday morning or whatever you don't it doesn't have to be competitive so i think Females are potentially in being active and in sport, but just not necessarily in the same capacity as guys. Another thing that goes against females is harassment whilst running, which is actually like 
frighteningly high. Yes, I the, think it's what is it, like seventy six percent or something in the UK. Yeah, a study like they. Runners World did a did a survey. This was in twenty twenty one, and it is seriously high. It's like over seventy percent of females that have been out running that participated in the survey said that they had received some form of harassment which i guess is maybe a little bit of a loose term but be it sort of verbal harassment or actually guys just giving them coming over to them Mm. literally which is there was that thing in um was it in ireland in 2020 and it actually went viral when the girl and what did they title it she just went for a run yeah 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 and that's just one of many, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It is obviously a very bad <laughs> like situation that is occurring. Um, but yeah, like the verbal harassment is definitely real. Yeah. So, and it obviously depends where you live, where you run yeah. and things like that. But I remember, so when I used to train in London, I think I went for one run in the morning. Mm that was before work and it was dark and I was like, never again. The yeah. anxiety of, because really? the streets are not really lit yeah. and things like that, like yeah. especially at that time. So then I decided to do all of my marathon training in London in the evening yeah. because even though it was like super busy on the streets and you would constantly just run into people, at least you felt that safe there because there around. were people around you. Yeah. So, and that was in London, which is quite a busy city. But yeah, even the mornings there was sketchy. Don't live in the UK or I, I guess it's the same in mainland Europe. Anyway, let's not make it too geographical. I want to, whilst we're on some of the challenges as well, you said something interesting there about like teenage girls when they start to get their period and the impact that that can have and your monthly cycle can have on yeah. running. Talk to us a little bit about that generally, mate. And maybe, maybe from your own experiences, like if you actually, because I know everyone experiences the female cycle a lot differently as well. And some people can continue to train others. They literally are polarized for certain times of it. So it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So physically at any point in your cycle, you can run, you can train. There are no points where (laughs) there are no points where you are told that you should not be taking part in the activity you like to do. Yeah. But you will feel different at different points in that cycle. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that there are different phases and the average cycle is 28 days. And I think some people just think I'm either on or I'm off. Mm. And, but actually when you start dialing into how you're feeling in different parts of your cycle, it can be that you just dial down the intensity when you're not feeling so good. So for example, in PMS, right before you get your period, you can dial down the intensity a little bit mm. um, and then ramp it up in your first two weeks of your cycle. And then in the second two weeks of your cycle, your heart rate is slightly elevated p- potentially because your core body temperature has also increased. Mm-hmm. So you might start, even though you can't, your your physical fitness does not change, right. but your perceived exertion potentially yeah. does. So you so might can, just feel at worse. times it could feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. A little bit, or yeah. a little bit harder than it yeah. should do. Yeah, so your effort might feel harder, but there's physically you can still hit, if it's running, you can still hit the same paces. They just might feel like a nine out of 10 instead of an eight. But if we, if we wind back to girls getting put off sport generally or running, when they first start mm. their period, then that's 
probably quite understandable because their body is not feeling their own and they haven't got used to it. Yeah. And they've pulled back rather than sort of pushing forward. Which yeah. And I think well. like there's a huge element of unknown for a teenage girl at that time. Yeah. And also I think the education you necessarily get around it, there's a lot more now, but like yeah, right. 20 years ago, the yeah. education was just, okay, this happens and get on with it kind of thing. It's so Whereas true. I used to feel not. sorry for those girls because they were super self-conscious anyway. And then there was no solution for them when we do PE apart from just sit on the side. So they'd almost be more isolated. Yeah, and then it's really obvious. It's, like, it's, really, <laughs> it's just started and it's just like, yeah, then they're probably a lot more susceptible to... Yeah, then you're just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. On the flip side, some of the women's running records are absolutely mind-blowing. And if you do run or if you're thinking about running or you have ever run there's a couple of interesting ones to call out the fastest female 10k time on a track is 29 minutes which, so disgustingly fast which is quite <laughs> quick and on the road it's not much more than that it's just well it's just over 29 14 the fastest female marathon time which was um, old mate for a long time Paula Radcliffe, yeah. which was broken just last year or the year before? I think before? it was. A couple of years last ago. Last year, I think. Yeah, is basically two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah. So females can run. <laughs> Very <insanely> fast. <laughs> fast. And if anyone wants to run against Steph, she'll definitely like to run against <laughs> you. What's your preferred distance, mate? Oh, if you were to race a, a male blind, Ooh. what distance would you choose? This is a good one. I think if I was to go in blind, I would pick a 10K. 10K. Yeah. You just think they guys. definitely have me over Ooh. like 100, 200, <laughs> potentially five. But yeah, yeah, that's where you see most of the difference. 10, they drop off after, if they're not fit, they'll drop What's off. What's the difference? Yeah. At the top end, Usain Bolt ran 9.58, yeah. And the female is 10.49. So it's like a second faster yeah. over 100. I think as well, it's it's only 10% different across every distance. So it's around about 10%. So at the elite, like world record times, yeah. I think the men's times from 100 to marathon is only ever within a 10% range. There's no distance where they suddenly are 20% quicker or something yeah. like that. So yeah. yeah, and like you say, those female times are still rapid. So <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> like, super fast. So females can run very fast. How do we overcome? And I, I mean, this speaks into a little bit about about what you do with us here, Steph, and, and the conversation we had about how we actually overcome some of those, I guess, barriers of females not being empowered to run getting dismissed from sport in an early age, therefore losing the confidence. What are some of the key catalysts that you've seen that actually bring women back into running and give them the confidence to start running and take that 35% of marathon runners up to, I don't know, 50? Will it be higher? Who knows? I think one of the main things is, well, that I try to work on is just making them feel included and that they are like, no matter what ability you're starting at, you're, yeah. you're so welcome in a running community and a running club. Not all running clubs are elite and yeah. smashing each other. And actually a lot of ladies when they run, they actually are just there to make friends. 
Right. And they, they, they're not there to what we say is rip each other's legs off. Yeah. There, there is no ego. Yeah. They don't care. Like they care about themselves in a, not in a horrible way, but they don't care if I'm running five minute a K and she's running 4.30 or six. Like cool. they just turn up, they want to hang out. Why is and it then, so different to men? Yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. And they're actually they tend to be really supportive of each other as well. So they celebrate each other's successes, whether that means running a K or a 10K. They don't yeah. care what the other person has necessarily achieved. It's just celebrating that person. So I think just making people feel like they're part of a community and that they, you don't have to, there's no definition to brand yourself as a runner. Mm. You can call yourself a runner, whether you're running a 29 minute 10K or yeah. a 60 minute 10K, you still run. Yeah, yeah. What? Have you had people come to you and, and not stay with you because you're not elite enough? Because I'm not elite enough, no, because probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> because, because that's, I mean, this is what happens with blokes as well, right? Like they'll turn up to, to mm. a, a session or something and they're like, oh, it's not. They say it was too easy. They say it was too easy, yeah. So with far, women? that's never... I have not had that feedback, but maybe they just don't tell me that. Maybe they don't come back because they are too good. So number one is ego. Number two is basically what what you were saying there is an actual support network and a and a community. Yeah, I guess that's probably something that is ties into everything we've said. Because if you were outcast at school for what was naturally happening with you, if you have been running in the UK, it, I don't think those stats that we went through for the UK are mm. applicable in Dubai at all. And if they are, they're quite quickly quashed out by the local authorities. But that safety must be something that is like on, on some people's yeah. number one priority to run in a, in a safe space. Yeah. So I think like in terms of running in a safe space, that that has two meanings right yeah. in terms of like you feel like you're included but also you feel like you're actually safe and not going to get attacked by someone yeah so i think in terms of the feeling like you're not going to get attacked by someone i think a lot more females do run together yeah. because it's safety in numbers a lot of females share where they're running their location and things like that but obviously that comes with a lot of admin like if i just go for a run i like obviously we live in Dubai where it is super safe, but I don't want to have to tell someone every single time I'm doing this route or that route. Mm. Whereas something like a running club, yeah. your your partner or your housemate or whoever knows exactly where that running club is. Yeah. And you don't have to tell someone uh, where exactly where you're running because they know. Yeah. And th th they also know you're going to be surrounded by at least one other person yeah. who probably has a mobile phone yeah. and things yeah. like that. So it's, makes it, it a is lot a lot yeah. safer. Yeah. Have you had, ever had anyone run away from your run club or missing? <laughs> go miss it no we've never lost anyone <laughs> literally and we had two new members today and they challenged me with it and they did not get lost they either. didn't get lost no. well it's what happens when you run around a in a circle 2k <laughs> oblong or circle whatever it is one thing i wanted to ask you as well mate when before you started working for us we had some interesting conversations around a concept called run talk run yeah. tell us a little bit about that because i thought i thought that was very cool and that's essentially I mean, we can say it on here, who cares? But that's essentially what you've done with Ladies Run Club. <laughs> you sort of, you've taken some good bits from that. So tell us about that because I think it's very interesting. Yeah, so Run Talk Run, I actually planned to set up, before I spoke to Inafi, I planned to set up that in Dubai. And obviously that didn't happen because instead I set mm. up Ladies Run Club. But that was, it's an organization that comes out of the UK where the founder basically realized that she wanted to go to for runs for mental health purposes mm. and she started inviting 
randoms just on her run because she wanted company she was going through a bad space in her life and then she she would say i'm going to be at this location if anyone Mm. wants to come for a run for me and just put it out there and from that it has just grown and it so all of her sessions are no matter where they are they're a 5k conversational pace run or walk where you just run and talk yeah and just chat and catch up with people and that community has obviously boomed because people it's like it's super simple in this the concept of yeah. it is it's always a 5k it's always conversational they're yeah. always as fast as the slowest runner so oh, really yeah so they just loop back and pick someone up constantly wow. um but yeah some of her sessions i think have two or three people some have 15 to 20 but yeah, yeah that's all like volunteer based and it is just you turn up and run with yeah. these other people who want to chat life and which Get is some exercise cool. in. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. So we're using we're using a bit of running to help them chat. Chat, basically. Yeah. So my question on from that is how many people do you think come to Ladies Run Club just for a chat? Ninety nine percent of them. <laughs> Don't upset anyone. They might listen. Uh, no, like obviously some of them are training for yeah. races, so they do come for that. But the majority of the feedback I get is that they they come because they know their friends coming and yeah. their friends that they have made at the run club. Then yeah. they didn't know anyone when they joined. And so, I mean, I've had some clients turn up and not do the session and just stand and talk to me for an hour really? because that's that day what they needed. Yeah. And Which is super nice. Yeah. As well. And yeah. And she felt like she had a good session. I enjoyed it. It was like, <laughs> it is what it is, but no, like we do have structured sessions. So our sessions do change every monday and wednesday with what we do yeah but so what what is it actually like for people that think that maybe this could be a a solution for them what does a month you run on a monday in the morning and in the evening same on a wednesday what does it actually look like so we have two runs a week one of them is a speed session one of them is a tempo session because my understanding is that most people who are training for something then do their easy long running on their yeah, own. Yeah. And that's something that they A, quite like to do on their own and B, find it easier to do on their own. They don't yeah. tend to like or have the desire to do <laughs> a harder session on their own. You need yeah. the power of the pack. Yeah. So we meet at 5.59 and then either AM or PM. And then we go through, we do just a gentle jog to warm up. We mm. then go through a bunch of dynamic warm ups and exercises. I brief the session. So the session is something that I have written. They've already seen it the week ahead. So I put right. it in their training peaks the week ahead, but I brief it still. And then we also scale it either up or down depending on ability. So right. if I know there is someone in there who's going to find the session a little bit too easy, I might have already pulled them aside and just be like, it says five reps, but do seven because yeah. you're more than capable of doing yeah, seven. Right. Or I pull them aside. And if they are brand new to running, yeah. I give them three reps and yeah. they're all cool with that. And again, no one else in in that community cares what the other person yeah. is running or yeah. notices because yeah. they're focusing on their own run. Yeah. And then if they if the session is still doesn't look manageable to them, then I just tailor a run specifically to that person right. where it would be like a run walk yeah. that they're going to still benefit from that hour. So there's a, there's one group session that runs on a Wednesday on a Monday and one on a Wednesday, but it's also tweaked to where that runner's at or yes. group chat. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. One thing that I've sort of thought at the start and I want to ask you about obviously you put stuff in training peaks running has become insanely overcomplicated with data how does 
addictions to data or acceptance of data change between females and males? Are they more interested in it? Are they less interested in it? I think it depends on the person. Right. I don't know that it's a, I have some Is female clients. I don't know. I mean, obviously I have a lot more female clients than I have male clients. Yeah. And I have some female clients that love the data, that scroll back through training peaks, that before I've even given them analysis, they've already looked back at their session from the previous test session and they're already figuring out how much they've improved or where they're at. Yeah. And then I have some clients who could not care less what their numbers say and they are just running on feel or they're there for a completely different reason. Yeah. So I don't know that it's, it's a, huh? it's I, not a gender thing. I don't know that it's a gender thing. I think it's a personality type thing. Cause I think sometimes it might link back to what we were saying earlier. Uh, ego. <laughs> yeah. Ego. Yeah. A little bit like, you know, for a lot of, well, for a lot of the ladies that I see running with you and you've said it like, they want to show up. They want to see familiar faces. They want to mm. have a session that's planned and they want to feel like they got a little bit tired and feel like they're progressing a little bit. Mm. And uh, a lot of that is quite subjective. So they don't yeah. need a watch I or anything. I think they, um, I think females having just thought about that, they compare themselves with themselves yeah. more. So they yeah. look back through their own training peaks. They're not, they don't come to me and go, oh, but she ran this mm. pace. Whereas... Mm. You might see that with some of your clients yeah. after a track session. Yeah, it's like, why am I in this group, not that group? Whereas Correct. mine don't. They don't care. They don't have that because it's about them. Yeah. yeah. Which is, that's super nice. And a lot of them, I've seen quite a few of them sort of progress as well. So they might mm. be with you for, well, they might still be with you and have been with you sort of over two years now. But that desire that we spoke about at the start of the show of the opposite of what men do, <laughs> starting from a marathon, a lot of them are now progressing towards half marathons and, mm. and, and even to marathons. How does that happen within that sort of group where we just said that they're just against themselves, they're not against each other? Because in a, the reason why I ask it like that is in a male group, it, it's all, it, a lot of it they're again competing. goes back to ego. They're yeah. competing. But it's super interesting to see that these ladies want to keep challenging themselves. They want to upgrade their distance. But why is it happening like that? It's, I actually think they work together better. Right. So I have, um, I don't know, out of Ladies Run Club, maybe somewhere between 15 and 20 running the Rack Half Marathon. Mm. And they, a lot of them are clubbing together to do their long runs together. It's like they're helping each other. It's like they're accountable to each other, not just me. So they're actually, they don't turn, turn up on a Monday and say, well, how long did your 16K take you? Yeah. It's more like, did you do it? How did you feel? Oh, I, really? I, this happened to me. I had to stop and do this or that, or I ate this or I ate that. So it's a lot more like their experience yeah. as opposed to what pace are you running? They, don't, they wow. honestly, there is no chat in the LRC WhatsApp pace. or anything about pace. Sometimes I even ask them at the end of a session, what pace, like I'm interested if they do like kilometer repeats or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, what pace is that? And they're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, how? How did you have, not look at it? watches? High, high percent. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've Most. all got the data. Yeah. And they might, they'll look at it afterwards, but when they're running, yeah. if I tell them to run a nine out of 10, they run they'll nine run out of nine 10. nine out of 10. Yeah. That's quite cool. It is quite cool. Give us some good examples of ladies that have done some pretty awesome stuff. I have... Two who are potentially doing comrades, wow. which is 90K in South Africa this summer. I have. And was their, was their start point similar? They just wanted ladies a run club. Bunch they of both ladies started. to run with and maybe have a chat to. Yeah. Wow. I think both of them actually fed back that. Well, one of them 
we had been looking for a ladies community for a long time to run with yeah. so she lives in the ranches yeah and she saw she had been following in a fight endurance but never felt she was good enough to come yeah and then she was there on day one of the launch wow. of ladies run club that's so cool and the other one who is potentially running comrades she also she was coming back from injury and yeah. she felt like she wasn't good enough to turn up to a track session or something wow. and so instead reached out about running with ladies and even though she has those track sessions as an option to her she definitely prefers yeah, going that's to ladies. what i find quite interesting as well like you have a few that have been with you for a while they come to track they have a look at it and they don't have a problem with it but they like they go back they to go ladies. back to ladies or yeah. they mix it up which is yeah. again i i guess it's probably for all the reasons that we ticked off sort of in the early parts of the show why a lot of ladies stop running and form a bad mm -hmm. relationship you're helping them within ladies run club to form like a really positive relationship yeah with running. and that it's just it is just about your journey yeah. it doesn't matter what the person next to you is doing it's just for you ladies run club monday morning monday night wednesday morning <laughs> wednesday night some international holidays talk to us about those yeah in first <laughs> first international trip this year coming up so we will be going to vienna marathon which is on the 23rd of april at the moment we have 12 runners going from ladies run club um, am i allowed to come if i'm yeah, not a part of ladies run you club? are i do have a couple who are coming who are not part of it you can be our token boy <laughs> jack's the token boy surely he's not actually running it is he going yeah yeah he's coming okay. but he has to fly back for school so I have to run fast if I if oh, I want him to see ah, me finish. It's on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, no so way. he's flying Sunday. He's flying back here on Sunday afternoon. And yeah. I guess that the response to that is just a continuation of that sort of safe space and, and, and bubble of, you know, none of them, from what I know, a couple of them have some target times, but the others, yeah. their main thing is just to go and have some nice time with some nice people. Yeah. And yeah. they, most of them have raced in Dubai. Mm. Most of them saw me go to New York with Steph, yeah. the other Steph, yeah. for her marathon in November. And I think they were just a bit like, oh, we, that looked really cool, looked really fun. Yeah. And it's just about, I suppose, going away on like a healthy weekend trip yeah, where yeah. you can actually go and do something that you love anyway yeah. with a bunch of people who have a common goal and just like-minded in that mindset of running is pretty nice. It's super awesome. Good. Cool. Folks, if you're interested in running with Steph's Ladies Run Club, give us a shout or give her a shout, sh at innerfight.com. Or if you're international, you can still give her a shout. She will be able to help you. She might not be able to provide you a Ladies Run Club, but she'll be able to provide you the Ladies Run Club program, which can be done anywhere, just Correct. without the talking, unless <laughs> you call her and do it anyway. <laughs> But that's it, mate. Very, very inspiring and, and super nice to see so many ladies running and, and getting that figure up. And I'm sure it's going to lead, it's two years in now, I'm sure it's going to lead to a lot more good things for you and for all the ladies. So congratulations. Cool. Thank you very much.